Sometimes life is messy. Have you ever wished you could refocus your mind, home, relationships, and work life? Join us as we use research-based information to make practical changes and simplify life. This is Life Simplified. Welcome back to Life Simplified. Today, we're talking about fighting fair. We're going to dive right in with a question. True or false? All conflict in a relationship is bad. I'm going to say false. I feel like I'm cheating because therapist in the room, but definitely false. All right. So I think we all agree. I'm curious to know what our listeners thought. So all relationships do have conflict. And it's how we resolve that conflict that is important. We tend to view conflict in a negative light, and it can be. When we think of that perfect relationship, we're not thinking about those arguments that you might be having. I do want to go ahead and point out that all of the information that we're talking about today is about those healthy arguments. So if you are in any type of abusive relationship, whether it be verbally, emotionally, physically abusive, we would like for you to seek a professional to get help for that. This information is not for you. We are talking about those typical everyday arguments that occur in any type of relationship, not abuse. In Dr. John Gottman's book, The Seven Principles for Making Marriage Work, He says, one of the goals of this book is to guide partners toward expressing negative emotions in a way that allows the other to listen without feeling attacked so that the message gets through in a manner that encourages healing rather than more hurt. And that's what we're going to talk about today. The goal is to solve the issue in a way that that makes the relationship better rather than driving that wedge. And this is hard which is why we're talking about it. We could spend episode after episode on managing conflict. Today, we're going to narrow that focus and we're really going to talk about eye messages, tone, and body language. We talked a little bit about eye messages in our boundaries episode. Let's go deeper. For this question, I'm asking the ladies to write their answer down before they say it. I would encourage you to do the same thing But if you just think yours in your head, that's fine too. I'm going to make a statement to you, and I want you to write down how that made you feel. If I said, you never help me around the house, you always make me do everything. So I wrote down defensive. I wrote down defensive too, the exact same word. Yep. Well, okay. Then my next question was, what do these feelings have in common? And their feelings would be the exact same. (laughs) Is that what you expected us to say? I expected something along those lines and that the feelings, yes, they're defensive. They're, I'm going to take up for myself. If someone says that to you, does that make you want to do something different? No. No, it makes me want to list why you're wrong. Exactly. Next statement. I feel unappreciated when I'm left to do the dishes by myself. Will you wash the dishes tonight? I put understanding. 
I had a hard time putting a word on this. I was like, I want to be helpful. Like, it made me want to be more helpful. That's not really a feeling, but it's kind of where it it steered me that direction. Okay. So you're more willing to have a conversation, make a change. Right. Be more open to open to helping out Mm -hmm. and I put understanding as in like understanding where they're coming from and like oh okay I never thought about it that way or whatever that but that statement brought to me so you wouldn't just shut down right I wouldn't be defensive and being Mm -hmm. like "Mm, no I'm not doing it okay the first one was definitely a you message and you messages blame like you do this and notice we use the word never and always instead of saying specifically what we were talking about, we were blaming the other person. And what do you do when someone blames you for something? You get defensive, which is what both of you said, which I found that to be really, really awesome, actually, that we had the same thought because that that was mine too. And defensiveness does not help solve the problem or the issue. They can make conflict worse. The second statement was an I message. And in an iMessage, someone identifies their emotions or needs without attacking the other person. And then the listener is more willing to hear what you have to say. It's assertive communication. It's calm and controlled. It's not aggressive, which is harsh and loud. And iMessages are not easy, which is why we're talking about them. It takes time to learn it. And you have to be in a place emotionally that you can give an I message and right in the heat of that whatever feeling you're having um this person who said you never helped me with the dishes they're probably a little annoyed probably a little more than annoyed but that's probably not the time to discuss it you may have to step away and calm your body before you can have a discussion using an I message an I message has specific parts You start with I feel and you tell what that feeling is. When, tell what the issue is, because, explain why your reasoning, and then state what you would like instead. Tell me about some experiences with iMessages. Yeah, so I work with iMessages all the time, like constantly. This is one of the skills that I would say every client I've ever worked with, this is a skill we discuss at one point or another because we all have relationships and we all have conflict. And none of us are born knowing how to handle conflict appropriately or helpful. And we kind of default to those you messages. Like that that's what comes more naturally to us. And that's why it's not easy to do an I message. And I will say for myself, like I teach this on a regular basis and I still mess up and use you messages sometimes. So this is not anything that we expect anyone to be perfect at, but we do want to be more aware of how we're communicating with others because you're right, that word defensive came up for everyone in the room. And that's because When someone says you, you don't hear anything else after the you. All you know is I'm being blamed or attacked for something and I'm starting to figure out how I can come back at you. And what can I tell you that you're doing? And then all we're doing is throwing hurt at each other. We're just we're we're throwing words that are not helpful, not kind, and we're not hearing each other's message. So no one's gaining anything um, whatsoever. So I think this is a really important subject to discuss and to also know like you're not going to perfect this um it's it's going to take down and this is something you use with everybody you use with your coworkers, your kids you're just in every aspect of your life being able to say how you feel which 
honestly, part of the reason why it's difficult is because we don't know how, how to identify what we feel. We're not super great at putting a label on the emotions that we're experiencing. And so that's another part of why we default to the you, because I can identify what you've done that is making me upset, but I may not understand what that emotion actually is. And so that's the first piece is you have to identify what am I feeling and how am I going to share this with this other person so that we can come to a resolution together? How can we make this better for everyone involved? It's a coming together um, and throwing the issue out there and let's work as a team to do better. And I think my automatic go-to emotion is annoyance or anger Mm -hmm. that's what's portrayed but that's not what i i mean i feel disrespected Mm -hmm. but it's it comes across as well i'm mad yeah but if i can get to the root of it and say well i feel disrespected because of x y and z then that's much easier to deal with than that that mad that i feel Mm -hmm. and that's huge awareness because i was gonna say that related to Mm -hmm. your step back realize what it is, take the time, and then go back and discuss it. Yeah, and anger is our default emotion. It's what we all can identify because it, it's, it feels like a safer emotion. I can tell you I'm angry and I don't feel exposed. But if I tell you that I'm hurt or I'm sad or I'm lonely, I feel very exposed and it's hard for me to share that. It feels like I'm giving you more of myself in that. And so we don't always want to go there. We want to go to the anger because we feel like it's safer. But it, again, doesn't get to that root of what I'm really experiencing. One thing I found when I was researching was the emotion wheel. And that helps to identify Mm -hmm. those emotions. And I actually showed that to my youngest and I said, you know, look, look, because it was colorful. She she saw mm-hmm. it on the computer and she said, well, what what is that? What are you doing? And I said, well, I'm working on a podcast. Come look at this. And I said, you know, you may say I'm mad, but look at all of these that go along with mad, like all the reasons you might be mad. And she was like, oh, that's cool. I use that not only for myself to look at and be like, OK, so, yes, I'm I'm mad and I feel mad. But what is that? behind the scenes and that's one of the things that I've just really been working on is that rather than just the well automatically like mad's easy like Mm -hmm. I feel mad well but what actually am I feeling yeah I think visuals really help us to identify those things that are under the surface that we're not really sure how to label it we don't know what the name is for it and so we have that visualization and if you think if you've ever been in a hospital or in an emergency room even like pain levels is are difficult for us to identify and so they have the like the smiley and frowny faces and so if you're not sure how to verbalize that you can look at that and it's the same thing with what you're talking about if I don't know what that emotion is but I can see something visually a picture you know an infographic it can help me identify that and then I can go deeper one thing that I've noticed is that I can be really good at eye messages with this individual and maybe not so good with someone else and I I don't know what what causes that but Uh, In case you haven't noticed, all of my podcast episodes are things that I would like to get better at. So personal development over here. But I think that's something, too. And sometimes the way that we speak to children is different than we speak to adults. But you can use iMessages with your children as well. And that's modeling for them how to have healthy communications and how to get through conflict. 
And I think it's interesting how you say you can, I can use my I messages, my I statements with certain people and then other people, man, it's a struggle. Like Mm -hmm. it's harder. And I think that's because there are certain people in our life who trigger emotion in us that's deeper and more difficult for us. And so if that person is someone that maybe we don't feel safe with or there's been issues in the past that we haven't been able to resolve, that communication hasn't been there, then that can be more difficult for us to go use that those skills that we've put on. And we want to go back to just our gut level animal instinct. If you think about it, that is a person you probably get into your fight or flight with easier than other people. And that's when we just strip it down to the basics. And so it's hard for us to get back to this information. We know it. And after the fact, we can usually identify, oh, I could have said it this way. That would have been more helpful. But in the moment, we are in our fight or flight instinct and that's when we come out. And typically when we get in those you statements, we're in our fight. And so we're fighting for our stance, um, but we're probably not going to be heard. That makes a lot of sense. So iMessages, remember, those focus on your feelings and the reason that you're feeling those feelings. So I feel when, because, and then state what you need. There's a couple other things that go right along with this. Your tone And tone can really make or break even the I statement. You can say an I statement, but you can say it with a whole lot of meanness. And it doesn't come across as much like an I statement. It still comes across as very blaming. Your facial expressions and your posture. So all of those nonverbal cues play into communication. So you can be just a rock star at I messages. But if you're missing that nonverbal communication, that can go down as well. And I'm seeing some nods and some grins around the room. So give me your thoughts. I'm thinking more along the lines of the tone, because I think and we've um, in our household, we've said it multiple times. Like, well, your tone said this, but you said this. And I'm sure you're all guilty of it as well. Um, but yeah, I think tone is definitely important and being mindful of how you're saying things. Yeah, definitely. And I'm, I'm a loud person just by nature. It's who I am and I don't necessarily mean to be. And there have been times when my youngest has been like, why are you yelling at me? And I was not trying to yell at him. I wasn't upset. I wasn't trying to get his attention. And I'm like, I'm not yelling. Yes, you are, mom. And, And I probably am just I'm loud and I have to be more aware of that with him because he's more sensitive to volume and so he thinks I'm upset with him when I'm just being me and so I need to kind of rein that in and be aware of that and different people hear different tones a different way Um, and it could just be like me it's part of who you are your personality but you still need to have some awareness over that and try to adjust it for different audiences and I can relate to that as well. I may not be mad by any stretch of the imagination, just this is something that needs to be done. So I'm telling you that this needs to be done. But if I have that very matter of fact tone and just, just do it. Uh, I think back to kind of a funny story. My youngest played soccer for a couple of seasons. And so, you know, we're all there cheering her on, ready to go. No way, shape or form. Is there any conflict? No one's upset. No one's mad. And, um, She asked later, she said, can you not cheer? I was like, well, I mean, sure, I can 
but why? She said, well, you just sound so mad. And I said, <laughs> I sound mad when I'm cheering? And she said, yes, you're just telling me to go and to do something. And I said, well, I'm just being loud so that you can hear me and know that I'm there to support you. And I said, well, what do you want me to say? Or or if nothing, is it? I said, but what would, what, what would be better than me being like, go, go? And she said, how about if you say, go, go? <laughs> <laughs> I don't I don't think my voice does that. <laughs> so I will just be quiet if you would like for me to. And so we tried that a couple of times and I didn't say anything. And then eventually she got used to it and it wasn't a thing that she could kind of understand that well we have to be loud or you're not going to hear us. So that's one thing that I can be aware of is that my, the way that I hear my tone is not necessarily how she hears my tone or how it comes across to someone else. And that's just a conversation to have. It's good that she felt comfortable bringing that to you and letting you know that she felt that way. And I think that's good that you're, it seems like you're modeling that and and she sees that. And it's good to point out again that tone can mean something different to everyone. Where you were trying to be encouraging, she took it as pressure. Right. And I never would want her to feel that way. So I was glad that she felt comfortable to say that. Because otherwise, I wouldn't know. I would just keep cheering from the sidelines and her screaming as loud as you can scream. Yeah. So apparently, I just need to make my voice a little higher pitch for her. That's a good example, though. It is a really good example. (laughs) I was going to say, can you just get a cowbell or a whistle or an air horn? That may, I don't know if that'd be any better or not, but you're not really yelling. That might be scary. Could be scary. Air horn mom. Everybody be like, let's not sit by her. I was going to say, I don't have any friends. It'd be you by yourself. Everybody else is on the other bleacher. I don't think my husband would sit with me. He probably she, would not. I'm going to go probably, ahead and say. She'd probably change her mind and be like, just just go back to yelling, please. You know what? Go, go, go feels better. Let's go back to that. What other thoughts do you have about facial expressions or posture? Some examples of things that would either work well would be positive or some things that maybe things that would not be such positive examples of that nonverbal communication. So I think nonverbals are huge and people don't realize the majority of what you're communicating with others is your nonverbals. You know, what you say means very little if your face is saying something totally different or if you're standing in an aggressive posture or if you're standing in a I don't care posture, Um, you know, different things. You know, if my arms are crossed across my chest, I'm closed off. That means I'm not super open in this conversation. Um, It is what it is. What I'm saying is what I'm saying. And I don't want to have any more dialogue with you. You know, if I'm looking around or I'm on my cell phone, I'm not giving you attention. You know, you're not important. You're not valued. And that may not be the case, but that's what I'm telling you with my body. Whereas if I'm looking you in the eye and I'm nodding and I'm giving you those cues that I care and I'm listening, you're going to feel heard and you're going to want to go deeper with me. And so I think we forget that. Um, And we're in, in an age where there's lots of distractions especially visually, you know, we have a cell phone that is with us everywhere. And it's so easy to pick it up and look at it. I think it's at the point now where we don't even realize that we're doing that. That's a nonverbal that will immediately shut somebody down, especially um, if they're wanting to share something of much emotion or depth. Because if you're not looking at me and you're on that phone, you don't care about me. That's the message I'm receiving. 
I think those are all great examples because one of the things that I find myself doing is crossing my arms and it's not to portray that I'm closed off. It's a, I don't know what to do with them. Mm -hmm. So that's one thing that I've been trying to be more aware of and my facial expression whenever I'm talking because there are times that I'm trying to be serious or I'm trying to, especially with a child, but I'm trying to portray that this is something we need to talk about. This is a serious thing, but not a mad thing. So, and sometimes I try to make my face just blank and that does not work. That is not, that's not a good plan. The child does not see that blank face as someone who wants to communicate. Yeah. And I think some of us are better um, at controlling our facial expressions than others. I would not say that I am always great at that, especially, you know, it's something I have to work at. Like, I have to have awareness that my face is telling a story that I may or may not want to tell to the others in the room. And so I need to be aware of that. And then knowing, like you said, my arms may be crossed and it may not be because I'm angry or I don't want to talk with you anymore. I want to be closed off. Maybe it's a it's a protective thing, like I'm uncomfortable. And so it makes me feel safe and it's safety for me. But I'm giving you a message that I don't care. I don't want to discuss this any further. And so we have to really think about um, are the nonverbals that I'm giving off portraying the message that I'm wanting to send? Is it congruent with what I'm feeling and thinking and, and the conversation I want to have with this other person? That's a great point. Yeah, I think it all ties back to also the stepping back thing. I think that's I, that's really important in all these in talking about this whole uh, fighting fair is just stepping back and thinking about before you say things, how you're going to word it. And also your your posture and nonverbals. That's a great point, because actually I was working with a client just last week and we were talking about I statements and we were talking about communication um, and we talked about taking a timeout. You know, I, I call it like taking an adult timeout. Sometimes we need to step back, identify our emotion, take a breath and then come back so that we can be more productive. Um, but one of the things I was encouraging is like, OK, I'll, you know, if you need to take a timeout, that's that's a-okay. But let that other person know, I need a second. I need five minutes. I need an hour. I need to sleep on it. Give it a time stamp so that that person knows that you're not abandoning them. Because sometimes taking our time out can feel like abandonment to the other person. It can feel like we're being shunned. Um, And so we don't want that because then we're going to create a a deeper wedge between ourselves and that person. And so we want to say, you know what, my emotions are strong right now. I want to take a second and gather myself so that we can have a conversation that is not hurtful to one another, but where we can communicate effectively. And so say that and let them know what that looks like for you, because it may be five minutes. I'm going to walk outside. I'm going to get some fresh air. I'll, I'll be ready to go. It may need to be longer than that. And sometimes people need overnight to just really kind of think on it, process their emotions. And then the next day is a better time. But always, always let that other person know know why you're walking away and when you plan to be back and that you do plan to be back and have that conversation Um, because sometimes people think oh well we're just going to brush this under the rug we're going to pretend like it never happened and then that can lead to more hurt feelings and I think that's an excellent point because it can be viewed as disrespectful Mm -hmm. so now that we've discussed the eye messages the facial expressions the nonverbal communication what do you think is your biggest strength Well, obviously, my tone is something I have to work on, especially with my youngest. Um, And my facial expressions, I I have to be very aware of. I've gotten 
much better I statements because, again, it's something that I'm teaching over and over again. So I'm more aware when I say you what I'm doing and then to take a step back. So I statements are something that I really try to focus in on. Um, and I feel like I do pretty good in that area. So for me, I'm going to say the controlling the emotions part of it and identifying and trying to rein it in before the conversations or when something happens. Now, not saying that I do that all the time, but I've intentionally been working on that over the past few years and just being able to know that, hey, I'm triggered. I just need to to bring it in and and do that. I think that's a good point that you brought up that you said you don't do it all the time. But what is our goal? Our goal is not perfection. Our goal is progress. I have also gotten a lot better at identifying that emotion. That's one thing that I have really been working on that not going to that will like I'm irritated. But what what actually are you? What would you like to improve? I would like to improve my nonverbal I'm a, my facial expressions usually tend to give me away before I say anything. And I have been trying to work on that, but I I think there's a lot of things in that realm that I could also do. And then also the crossing your arms, because sometimes that's a natural state for me and, and kind of like what was mentioned earlier, that's just that's your response like you're just and you just cross your arms and whether you're thinking and you're processing but it may not come across as that so be more mindful of just nonverbals. yeah and I will say one thing that I've noticed um, with most people is that once we learn how to make these I statements um, and identify our feelings we get better at it where we struggle is when we allow our emotions to snowball and we don't address issues as they come. And so it's like, oh, this thing and then that thing and then this. And then and then we get to the you never and you always because we've allowed these emotions to build up. And then we haven't labeled it along the way and we haven't addressed it along the way. And so then we fall back into the you, 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 you because we've allowed it to grow and get out of control. And so that's one thing I would encourage us all to be aware of is like we can be really good at beginning to identify um, a feeling in the moment. But if we do nothing with that, then it will continue to compound the next time we have a feeling that we're not comfortable with. And then the next time and the next time and eventually you won't be able to hold that back. And it will be a much bigger conversation than what you wanted it to be. I also want to work on my tone and my nonverbals. But if I had to pick just one, I would say the tone because I have that very matter of fact tone, especially when I'm trying to explain something. My tone does matter. I can do all the I statements I want, but if I sound like I'm irritated, then it's not received well. We hope you are also thinking about your I messages and your nonverbal communication. And like Tiffany said, when something is an issue that you address it before it becomes a blaming you message and take that time, step back from it, think it through, calm your body down, and then be ready to discuss it. So we hope that you will set that goal to use more I messages or work on your nonverbal communication and check back with us next week. Thanks for listening to Life Simplified. We are family and consumer sciences agents with the University of Kentucky Cooperative Extension Service. Contact us at lifesimplifiedpodcast at gmail.com.